Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 45 of the Landscape Photography Show. I just want to thank you for constantly listening to the podcast. You know, every time I see a stat update on the analytics of the podcast, it's always amazing to me, number one, how many countries tune in, and then number two, how many people actually download and listen to each one of the episodes. And I put a lot of work into these episodes, especially the interviews, because I know you guys tune in to hear your favorite photographers. But sometimes, you know, I like to share some of my own thoughts and some of my own feelings about photography as well. And today is one of those episodes where I really want to dive deep into the thought process of do we truly believe landscape photography is art? Not even just fine art, but but artwork. And I think there's a lot to unpack just within that question because there tends to be a thought process associated with it as we move through our creative expression or lack thereof in landscape photography. All of this stuff we're gonna dive into in the podcast right now. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So I'm a big quote guy. I'm a big word guy. I love diving into like parables, phrases, sayings, you know, those ones that are like really old timey sayings that make no actual sense in conversation. But then once you dive deeper into it, you understand the historical significance behind it. And then it, it means something completely different to you because you actually understand the mechanics and the history behind it. And I don't know if this quote or, or this tweet, since we're going like nowadays in social media, I don't know if this tweet really has one of those historical significances in it, but I did really dive deep into this quote which really surrounds the idea of do we truly believe landscape photography is art and when i say we i'm talking about the collective community that is landscape photographers not just professionals but all different types of skill levels of photographers and and how we create with our camera, with our lens, with light, with conditions, with weather, you know, all this goes into the overall photograph that we produce. And now in the current history, how we share that, how we show our artwork, which is predominantly moved to screen time. So when you hear this tweet and this whole podcast episode, this whole idea, this whole rabbit hole that I went down was derived off of one tweet that I read from Richard Burnaby, who's, you know, he has thousands upon thousands of Twitter followers. So I'm just one of many. And he threw out this tweet that said, photography is creativity in a straight jacket. Yeah, you have plenty of artistic latitude in there, but there's still an expectation by your audience of representing a real moment. 
And it really made me think a lot about not only significance, not only real moments, not only art and creativity, but expectation. And some of the words that really stuck out to me were expectation, were audience, were representation. And let's break this down a little bit more because limitations provide a lot of context to that tweet. Again, photography is creativity in a straight jacket. Yeah, you have plenty of artistic latitude, but there's still an expectation by your audience of representing a real moment. And if we're honest with ourselves, do we truly believe that? Is that part of art? So breaking it down, limitations here, he uses the word that I love, straight jacket. Like we get this visual, visceral image in our mind of what a straight jacket can do. Whether you're thinking about Harry Houdini locked in water upside down trying to get out of a straight jacket through a magic trick or an illusion, or if you're thinking about a condition that can lead to being placed in a straight jacket, you get visceral visual representations of that single piece of clothing. And if we're thinking about straight jacket limitations, you have creative limitations, you have a creative straight jacket, but there are also other things within that. You have knowledge of your technology. Since we're photographers, we know about the technology that we shoot with. But as we begin, we have a lack of knowledge of how to achieve some of the photographs that we can envision in our mind. So lack of knowledge, knowledge of technology, your gear, again, starting out, you don't have a lot of the finances or, or maybe you don't want to put a lot of that effort into financing gear and having all of the special equipment that it takes to photograph something, even down to like aerial drone photography that's becoming more and more representative in the landscape. You, you don't have the finances a lot of times or don't want to put it towards that if you're a hobbyist. So gear can be a straight jacket. Conditions, oh my gosh, we all can think about different mornings that we woke up really early to go out and shoot, skipping our morning coffee, which is religious for landscape photographers, going out and photographing something that we expected to blow up and go off in terms of light only to come back with gray skies the weather was wrong the forecast was wrong and you got absolutely nothing so conditions play into that limitation or straight jacket moment the the moment in itself the moment in itself can fall flat. Whether you are depending on weather conditions, light, maybe you forgot a piece of equipment, maybe your mood or your feelings or your emotions play into that moment where you are going to an exciting sunset or a, an otherworldly like wildlife moment and your emotions aren't, aren't on that level. They're not on the same thing. You could be sad, you could be depressed, you could be fearful. A lot of these emotions can have an impact on how we remember or how we experience a moment. 
So that's a limitation. Expectation of audience is something that I read in that tweet that really stuck with me. That's a limitation. And if you're saying it's not and never has been, well, frankly, you're lying to yourself because expectation of audience plays into all of our minds, whether it's, you know, an unwanted or an uninvited critique that somebody gave you on social media at one point in your life. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about in the whole timeline of events that led you to right now, the expectation of audience or the comments or the shares or the likes has in one point or another affected or impacted or limited you as a photographer, maybe making you second guess what you photograph in the field, maybe making you think twice about what it is that drives you as a photographer. And I don't really see limitations as negative connotations within the whole grand scheme of landscape photography because I think it makes us figure out why we love photography. But I want to get more into that a little bit later. First, let's discover what art is. If we're asking ourselves the question, do we actually believe that landscape photography is art? Let's first understand what art is in the connotation of definitions. And I have two definitions here for you of the word art. Just a simple search in this crazy website called Google brought up Art is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in the forms such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. So there's definition A, if you will. Definition B, the various branches of creative activities such as painting, music, literature, and dance. So in one definition, we have application of creative skill and imagination. On the other, we have creative activity. So different various things of skill versus activity versus creativity. All these things start to play into what photography and art how they interact, how they correlate with one another. And it's interesting, as I was going through those definitions, you don't get the word photography or photo or image coming up in any of the connotations. So when I started out with, do we believe as landscape photographers that landscape photography is art? Okay, does now the public believe that landscape photography is art. And I think that in and of itself, diving into the history of that and looking at the background of that can really lead to a lot of groundbreaking thoughts that we can have as photographers too. Because this really gets into when I was doing some art shows that I don't do anymore just because it wasn't a good fit for me and my personality. Um, when I was doing those things, I got to thinking, you know, why do people comment on the creative skill of paintings, of sketches, of sculptures, different things like that represented in this art show. But when they come to my booth, the general consensus or the general phrase that's used 
or question even is about technology, is about gear, is about the landscape in and of itself, but had nothing to do with the creative expression that goes into it, the mood, the emotion that goes into it, how you got certain areas darker than other areas. You know, even the post-production has a bad rap in a lot of fine art or artistic circles because they view that as manipulating the realism that is represented in the moment you snap the shutter. So there are a lot of questions in my mind, in my history as a photographer, as does the actual general population see photography as art? So I dove down deep into where photography is in the art spectrum and it got me going back to looking at you know our legends our masters and and we all love Ansel Adams I I mean if you're a landscape photographer and you don't love Ansel Adams like I've never even met you before because everybody says you know it's like the given Ansel Adams was a great photographer we all look to him for inspiration it's there we look to him as kind of one of these forefathers of what we know now as landscape photography. So I went there, I went to his website and looked at this timeline of events that occurred in 1931. So you start looking at 1931, the perception of photography was overwhelmingly that it was too mechanical to be fine art so you get a lot of these mechanics technology even though they were using film cameras that were high tech at the time you know we've switched over to digital and mirrorless cameras for the most part but but film cameras back then were extremely high tech you know they were the dslr of the time the mirrorless camera of the time and overwhelmingly that was viewed as too technologically advanced to be considered fine art, too mechanical. Was the process even creative if you are using technology in that way? And and it really came from using like wide or hazy apertures to manipulate the scene into an artistic expression that photographers thought of that they were doing at the time. And then even using different papers to further soften that image during the process of the darkroom and creating an image, creating a print, you know, that had significance in the art world of going into it. And they viewed it as too technical, too mechanical. There was too much manipulation, of a real moment and that's where Ansel Adams comes in you know this started with the idea of Edward Weston he was taking the opposite approach of what I just described in 1931 of using you know some more hazy apertures and softening the effect of using different papers and and Ansel joined Edward Weston in creating the group F64 which which is represented that number is represented for like a maximum definition in an image so they create this group that focuses on creating as much definition and realism in an image as possible getting those tack sharp subjects lines angles edges all creating a photograph and doing that they kind of created this new genre almost of 
what the world saw as artistic photography. Now, I think there's a lot of romanticism that surrounds this story, that surrounds history, and that surrounds our forefather person that's on the Mount Rushmore of photographers in the landscape sense is, you know, he did this and he was accepted as a photographer, as an artist. Well, that that's not really the case because like we have haters now on social media, we have people who will lash out based on their own experiences, whether that be unwarranted or uninvited or not. You know, he had that too. You have a counter view of that time saying that photography as art had to have social significance. And there was even a French photographer who was talking about the history and social significance using photography, saying the world is going to pieces and Weston and Adams are photographing rocks. Talking about social significance, I mean, that is almost hilarious to me. That that phrase that the world is going to pieces and Weston and Adams are photographing rocks. I'd be doing the exact same thing. You know, I can't knock Weston and Adams for doing that. I can't knock that because that's how they express themselves. That's how they saw art. That's how they saw photography and the outdoors and angles and deeper deeper meanings in what they see in the outdoors so that related to me you know it, it's funny if you look at the history that's going on at the time of, of all this in 1931 you have you're in the middle of the great depression the dust bowl in the united states begins where you have great droughts and the farms in the midwest and and you know everything just turns to dust and there are no crops there's no food farms are going bankrupt banks are going out of business not to mention the stock market crash that happened just a year or two before and then you have things globally like japan invading manchuria that was then occupied by china you have spain becoming a, a republic and exiles their king based on the republic that they just formed so you have all this going on in the world but Adams and Weston are photographing rocks. Think of where we are right now. Just take a moment and think about what's going on in the world right now. Now, whether you're listening to this while I'm recording it in 2020 or maybe even a few years down the road, chances are there's a lot of stuff that's hitting the fan that's creating a huge mess that a lot of people don't want to clean up. That that right there is a constant in history there's always going to be something going on so what is social significance what is social significance in artwork is it the social significance of the overall community of photographers is it the social significance of yourself and what you depend on to create as an expression as a way to 
share your emotions with the world? You know, there's a lot of these questions that come up and I honestly don't have the answers. Ansel didn't have the answers at the time too. He even went to Alfred Stieglitz to get encouragement or even confirmation. You know, am I doing the right thing? Should I continue down this path? Stieglitz confirmed that and, and encouraged Adams to continue doing what he was doing. But that's it. That's the expect expectation is always there. The expectation of our audience outside noise of expression in photography. What we see the landscape as is different than what others see the landscape as. So there's a constant throughout history whether you're dealing with the Great Depression or you're dealing with fights for racial justice or you're dealing with, I don't know, economic crisis, there's always ways to express yourself. But do you, does the public, does the overall global scale invite photography as art? And I think expectation has its own definition, a belief that something should or will achieve another thing. The belief, the should, the will, that can be placed on ourselves, that can be placed on us by others, but it starts in your own mind. The should, the will can either be given to us verbally by another person or it can be manufactured in our own mind of the world we live in should i be doing this are the is this person right is that what they expect from me and when we start asking ourselves that i think we really get in trouble because we look at it now, should, will, expect, we get into words like audience, followers, then we start creating for them. And I think, possibly, could that mean that art is influenced by the expectations of others but does that diminish our own belief that our photographs are our artwork? You know, in the quest for this, and does it ever have an end down this rabbit hole? I don't know. In the quest for this, I like to look at other genres of art to figure this out. And, or maybe not figure it out, but, but create a new idea or a new roadmap suggestion for me. And one, two, let's, let's, let's dive into two different scenarios here, both dealing with music. I love music. Uh, I, I've, I've played the piano in, in my past. I've played saxophone. Um, I sang I was in choirs when I was in high school, so I understand music and how complex it can be. And, and I always look to different genres of music to inspire me and get me thinking creatively. Even when I write, I'll listen to either like 
ambient techno music or classical music so the range of genres is very wide the chasm is not deep because they're all on the same level so i look to andre 3000 for for massive inspiration andre 3000 is a rapper from atlanta i, I love outcast and, and that group he was in he and big boy had some amazing records that they came out with being outcast the group but andre 3000 wanted to go after different you know inspirations in his life he followed fashion he followed acting he became a really good actor and like now what what is he doing he's discovering different instruments he's discovering different artists and john coltrane and jazz music and he's really trying to discover what his journey in creativity and artwork is. And I think that's amazing. And I was listening to a podcast with he uh, and another guy, his, the name is escaping me right now, but they were talking about the evolution of artists. And, and first, they were discussing this in terms of his own journey and, and how he started in Atlanta and how they won record of the year and, and then how his his passion for it kind of started to fade out. You know, being a celebrity really impacted that a lot. And one of the groups that they were talking about and, and I started thinking a lot about this in terms of our own journey in photography is the group Radiohead who who began with kind of like this alternative rock sound but then generally moved towards this completely other type of music that really used a lot of computer generated noises uh maybe even diving into a little bit of techno i don't know uh they created their own instrument to use in a lot of their music and i love both early and late radiohead tracks not the whole album but specific tracks i really like enjoy appreciate and also the musical style of singing that accompanies those tracks really shifted as they move throughout their career and the argument was made that they were going that direction anyways is it actually reinventing the sound when the direction points to that from the beginning hindsight is 2020 you can argue either way and hindsight is 2020 for us too as photographers but relating it back to photography and the journey through creativity and artwork is the belief that photography is art, but it's also looking internally at ourselves and discovering the cyclical process of why we love photography. Now, more on cyclical process is we start as influenced by others or as icons in the landscape these iconic places that you see and you're like oh i want to visit you know iceland rocky mountain national park denali national park i want to photograph grizzlies and brown bears i want to go down to patagonia and we discover all these places that we want to go photograph and through all that we discover a deeper way of communicating how we see the landscape 
once we have photographed the same compositions that we've been inspired by, by other photographers, moving from that icon to personal expression, finding different things within the landscape to incorporate into the composition, maybe human elements we like to incorporate into the composition. Maybe we like to combine wildlife and landscape, portrait and landscape. And that is when we start to meet friction a lot of times. Those people who expected one thing from us in the beginning now expect a completely different thing in the end. And that can hurt. That can definitely hurt. Of we've unlocked something fantastic in our mind, in creativity, in how we see the world, and that shattered by outside influence, expectation of others, expectation of followers, straitjacket, limitations, belief that photography is art. So you see there's all these layers to it. But we have to understand that process is cyclical, not linear. So we're constantly discovering, influenced by people, photographing icons, visiting places for the first time, and then we loop over to personal creative expression. And then we're back to being influenced. And then we're back to being creative expression. And then we influence and discover a new thing. And then we're back to creative expression. It's cyclical. It's circular. It's not linear. So I think the look internally in ourselves, we really have to think about what fuels you. What fuels you as a landscape photographer? It's okay to be predominantly one thing or the other. It's okay to be influenced by others more than personal expression. And it's, it's okay to be more influenced by personal expression rather than the icons. We have to, as a community of photographers, get comfortable with the fact that it's not either or, it's one and. It's icons and creative expression. It's not icons or creative expression. It's and. And then what's your why? What, what do you like about it? Do you like being in that situation? Do you like overlanding? Do you like camping? Do you like backpacking? Or do you like staying in a hotel room and going out for sunrise and coming back for a five-star breakfast? Again, it's and. It's not either or. And, and that symbol of the ampersand is, is something that I've really adopted into my life as that being and, not either or. Because we can think about emotion, creative expression, reactions to things. And we get this in our mind of, you know, this is the right way that it should be. And we create this division of e either or instead of the acceptance and inclusion of and, the ampersand. 
And I have that hanging in my house to remind myself of that, of it's not either or, it's and in all things. So I really want to challenge you to be in the moment of your creative journey. Be in the moment of where you are in the cyclical process. And through that, I want you to understand that photography is art. I believe that. I believe photography is art that a crisp, sharp photograph of a mountain range is just as much artwork as Picasso or pointillism or sculptures or realism or abstract art. All these things can be artwork. There's room for them all. So I guess the takeaway from all of this is to challenge you to really maybe even get out a sheet of paper right now and start writing down the things that you can remember enjoying the most about photography, about your experiences. And then I would also encourage you to adopt the mindset that photography is artwork and accept that some people aren't going to like it. Some people aren't going to like your journey through creativity. And if they don't, who cares? 